This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, discipline toolkit in your home. Well, hey there, listeners. I'm so excited that you are here for a new episode. I'm your host, Wendy Snyder, positive parenting educator and family life coach. And we've got Terry with us today for an interview, which is exciting. Terry isn't always with me, but he's here today. And we had the honor of interviewing John Ogden from a company called Uplift that Terry and I are really digging what they're doing in the world. Um, So I thought I'd tell you a little bit about John before we jump right into this conversation about the benefits of spirituality for kids. So John Ogden earned his master's degree in writing and his bachelor's degree in literature, and he's worked as a university instructor, instructional designer, and a writer. He's coupled all that work with a decades-long study of the world's wisdom traditions, seeking for ways to keep the best of the past alive while evolving beyond its limitations. So at Uplift, which which is a company he co-started that you'll hear us talk about today, he's taking this interest in wisdom literature from around the world to help create a better community alongside his spouse and his two sons. So I hope you enjoy this episode. We're, like I said, talking about the importance of spiritual health for kids in the vein of the work of Lisa Miller, professor of psychology at Columbia University. He's going to talk a lot about her work in this episode and just how cool it is to learn about the emerging science showing that spirituality is essential for well-being. So um, I'm excited for you to listen. I hope that you love this chat and go give Uplift some love. I think what they're doing is really cool. And um, I think so many families can benefit from taking part in um, really what they're encouraging families to dive into. So without further ado, help me welcome John Ogden to the show. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show! Well, hey there, families. Welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. We are here today with John Ogden. Welcome, John. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yes. Listeners, we are going to be talking today about the benefits of spirituality for kids, and we're excited to get to know you, John. Will you get us kicked off a little bit with just um, more about your story, about who you are, how many kids you have, what made you create um, your beautiful company, all that good stuff? Sure. I have two kids. They're both boys, uh, 11 and 7. And I've been very excited to explore parenting and very daunted by the challenges of parenting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is just a surprisingly difficult task. And so been very interested in acquiring more and more resources as I've learned like, oh, this thing isn't easy. Uh, I'm going to need a lot of resources. And um, one book that I think we'll dive into over the course of this conversation that has been really foundational is called The Spiritual Child uh, by a a psychologist at Columbia University, and she talks about the importance of spirituality. So I'll just just note that here because um, this angle of spirituality has been really alive in trying to figure out how to raise my kids in such a way that when they eventually leave the nest, they have like ground to stand on. They have like some foundation. So, um, my wife and I have been invested in this, uh, idea for many years and just eager to explore where it takes us. Nice. Um, we have an 11 year old little boy too. Our, <laughs> our second is a, little, is a little girl, but we, we both have 11 year old boys. That's cool. Nice. 
And and tell us a little bit more about Uplift and what you've created with it. It looks um, like such a cool, cool company. And I'm really excited to learn more about it today. But tell us a little bit more about Uplift and when you founded it and all that good stuff. Sure. A group of us met in a mindfulness uh, program. So there's this nine-month mindfulness program where we met over the course of uh, the nine months. We went four times in Portland, Oregon, and um, just to, just practice mindfulness and uh, also learned about adult development theory, like how, how human beings change their worldviews and mm-hmm. just kind of grow to maturity. And um, we loved everything that we were exploring in this mindfulness program. But the group of four of us, including me, started saying like, well, how do we translate this as parents? And how do we translate it for kids? So we were starting to get the sense by the end of the nine months, like, okay, this is really fruitful. And we realized like, it's also very daunting to make this next shift for all ages. And so it led to a lot of questions and we started prototyping different ideas. And in the summer of um, 2000, what was it? 2020, uh, we prototyped um, with six families what like a spiritual curriculum, spiritual, emotional curriculum might look like. And then we took all the findings back, we reiterated, and then we did it with another 36 families in the fall. And then at the beginning of last year, we did a soft launch. And at this point, we have um, more than 90 lessons in our curriculum that help families explore different avenues of spirituality, including values Um, including emotional intelligence, including uh, wisdom practices such as singing, um, meditation, mindfulness, et cetera. All of it with the intention to have families have conversations about spirituality and wellness in the home. Oh, so good. Well, I know what it's like to build a membership and to build a video library lesson or a lesson library. And so um, congratulations on that build because it's a lot, right? I know we have about yeah. 60 plus lessons. Sounds like you guys have 90, but you know, you just, mm-hmm. I can, I'm sure you pour your heart into it, right? And it becomes such a beautiful collection of all the things you've learned and that you do want to pass on to your children and that you do want to use in your home. So I know I've taken, um, I did, I knew you guys have a little trial for uplift. So I was like, I'll pop in there and see what you guys have in there. And it's really beautiful. The lessons you've created are, are amazing. Oh, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about how the emerging science shows that spirituality is essential for well-being. So I love that you have the science side to your guys's work and you've done, um, or you reference a lot of research about that. So talk to us a little bit about um, spiritual development through the early years and um, why and how the research has shown that it provides a protective health benefit, including the risk of depression, substance abuse, aggression, and high risk behaviors. That's pretty, that's pretty rad. Yeah, it is. It's exciting research and it is all emerging. You know, it's going to take, it's going to go whatever direction it goes in, but so far the science is very encouraging. So I mentioned Lisa Miller. She's the professor at Columbia, professor of psychology at Columbia University. And she, in her book, The Spiritual Child, talks about, you know, more than a hundred uh, research papers, studies, including survey research, including neuroscience research that point to these consistent patterns of when kids have a very healthy spiritual life, um, they are better able to navigate anxiety. They're better able to navigate through depression. And they're, as you said, um, less likely to engage in high-risk behaviors. And so she explores why that is and what the practices look like. And then she followed up the book uh, with another called The Awakened Brain. Um, I think it's just been six months, maybe 12 months since that book came out, where she uh, furthers her own research, her own neuroscientific research that shows that there are correlates in the brain when somebody's having a spiritual experience, um, there are correlates in the brain to just general well-being. They see that oh, these are these are mapped with each other. Mm-hmm. And so they had people come into the, the um, I don't know, call it a laboratory. And yeah. <laughs> uh, they uh, 
recited a time when they were scared and they recited a time when they had like a transcendent experience, a spiritual experience of some kind. And then they brought them back two weeks later and had them listen to that again. Um, and they, they took both of those um, snapshots of the brain and then saw the differences in the different uh, experiences that people were recounting. And again, started to reconfirm that this is a reality in the brain, that something very positive for well-being is happening when these, when this occurs. Uh, so that's just one. There are many other uh, researchers, including Andrew Newberg, uh, Michael Ferguson out of Harvard, many others who are studying this, uh, this area of spirituality and neuroscience. Oh, that's fascinating. I, I think it's, it's also cool too. I mean, with what, what we do with fresh start family is just also trying to just make the, the home and the family unit, like, just as free to um, to talk about subjects and not just kind of go through life as your own little like you know self-contained unit. So mm-hmm. you know it, it sounds very cool um, how you know you're, you're creating something that breaks down barriers and creates even more of a connection too between um, you know parents and their children to be able to talk about any subject mm-hmm. and then also to be able to say, Hey, if we um, if if we make it more comfortable for them to have these types of um, experiences through their life, then it's going to reduce all of these other things like you listed that we want nothing to do with. So, um, uh, very very cool, and that's got to be exciting. As like you said, it's all developing as you you kind of see new things and see new patterns, and we're you know doing away with you know a lot of the um the awful things that are going on in the world and kind of like more going towards the light you know so that's yeah. right that's interesting yep um and i and i love when we can get the science behind it to prove the effects right like so that was one of the reasons when i learned to meditate years ago um that i i ended up going with transcendental meditation as my choice because of the amount of research that they had so that i don't i don't know like they have spent I mean, I forget. I mean, I want to say it's like 50, 60 years, like thousands of MRIs on the brains to show um, everyone from just someone who's like normally stressed out to like soldiers who have severe PTSD, but how significantly the brain responds. And I think all meditation is great. I mean, we have, you know, a prayer practice too, as a Christian family, but it's also just to, to supplement it, like have all these practices, right. Which I think is cool about uplift. It's like, you got all these options, to build this into your daily life. But for me, having the research behind transcendental meditation just really motivates me to know that it's not just like, oh, this will be cool if I can chill my brain out for a little bit. I'm like, no, I I know for sure that if, if when I practice 20 minutes, whether it's once a day or twice a day, that it's like, I come out of that after 20 minutes, A, I feel like I've, I've had a nap. <laughs> I feel amazing. It's like a little restart, but I, I can imagine that there's like connections that have been made in my brain that were not there before or healing that's taken place. So I love the science side of things. Yeah. And I, it, it gives another avenue of like how to take care of yourself or another dimension. You know, I think, yeah. you know, you know, as parents you are like, um, I'm here to educate my kids, but I think you're also here to, to show what it looks like. as like, how do you take care of yourself? And I know you, Wendy does a great job of like, I just feel like I need to take 20 minutes and go meditate or, you know, it's similar to like how you feel a certain way after you exercise. It's like, you're just adding all these layers and dimensions onto, you know, showing um, yourself and then modeling to your kids of like, here's another way to take care of of yourself. Um, And it it really just creates a, a more balanced life. Yeah. Let's chat for a hot sec openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, 
taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning, you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being, air quotes, mean to their sister or disrespecting you, but then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you can end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based, firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, talk to us about why spiritual spirituality matters and is undervalued today. Because I think when I think of it, and, and I want to hear from you, John, but like, I think of all the things that are important in the world, right? Like careers and school and your home and your, your shelter and food and drink and all these things. And it does seem to me like spirituality is not really glamorized as much as all these other things, right? So talk to us about why it matters and why it's undervalued today. And what even, what is, let's, let's go ahead and define spirituality. It's a tricky word to define. Lisa Miller <laughs> talks about how she, she found 20 different definitions and these are people who are studying it, but they're, but they, they don't completely agree with each other. I would say that the single thing that they do agree on is that it's about uh, transcending the feeling of separateness. It's about connection and, and that can be transcending the feeling of separateness and and finding connection to nature. And it can also be finding connection to God, the divine, whatever word somebody wants to use for it. It's about feeling like there is something beyond just my ego and connecting to that. And the reason it's so important is because one day your kids aren't going to be under your every watch every hour, right? They're going to move out. And they need to know that they have a connection beyond themselves. They, Lisa Miller talks about the field of love and we do, we do too. Like a field of love is what is one way that she refers to it. That when they're, when they face something that is traumatic and extremely challenging when they're out on their own, they can know that there's still this field of love that can guide them through it. Like one day they're going to face um, likely like some aspect of nihilism, some aspect of um, hopelessness. Mm, yeah. And where are they going to turn when that happens? You know, hopefully they can still call you as parents, but they're, if, they're, if they know that there's a sense of something even more transcendent, then in those moments, they still can say, okay, I'm, I feel anxious right now. 
I feel stressed right now, but I can fall back into stillness. And I know that there's something that's going to guide me through this, even if I can't see the end yet. And that's why it's so important because kids are increasingly, the CDC just put out a report very recently. So the kids are increasingly saying that they feel persistently sad and they feel persistently hopeless. Those numbers have gone up tremendously over the past two decades, but especially the past couple of years, in part due to COVID, in part due to social media, et cetera. Yeah. Kids are feeling this sense of separateness. So can you provide them with this foundation that says, even in even in these moments where you struggle to connect with other people, you still know that there's a field of love. You still know that there's ground to stand on. So that's that's why it's important. The reason why it gets ignored is because we often are very busy as a society. And we often are um, quick to dismiss things that are vague or fluffy or, you know, they don't feel very rigorous. We think, oh, that's not, that's not going to make us money or that's not real. You know, we, we're dismissive of in, intuition and intuitive um, approaches to life. And that ultimately is hurting us. We believe it uplift. No. So we say it's, it's important to have this spirituality as a foundational element in the home. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That, that's very cool. And I, I think, um, so kind of looking back on my own like journey, like there is definitely, as like a, a kid, I, um, or, you know, maybe in, into being a teenager, I didn't have a lot of that, um, mm-hmm. which you're speaking of. And has you know nothing to do with my parents. I think it was more just like I hadn't really um, discovered that, or maybe I was like subconsciously looking for it, but I wasn't actively looking for it. And then, you know, you know, over time, it's like I I definitely formed a connection with like the nature version of that and what that looks and feels like in my life, and and um, you know that being through the you know the ocean, and then um, on the more like looking to God side of that, it's like, you know, now having a practice to um, be able to pray with a friend or, um, uh, you know, or even by my, by myself, if that's what it is, but like, there is a a tangible difference in how Mm -hmm. you feel and where like your foundation is that you describe um, when I have those things in my life on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. it is like, it's the difference between, like you said, like, I, I could drift and feel like very lost if I don't have those two things, the nature and the, um, you know, the, the prayer and, and the acknowledgement that, that there's something beyond me. Um, because, and, and when I do have that practice, it's like, it's, it's like, I'm a different person. Yeah. I really and know. yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I, you know, what we always try to do is like, you know, I don't want this giant gap in our kid's life to have to like go down all of these roads that maybe I had to go to like find those and, and to ever, you know, while it's okay to feel sad, it's okay. They're inevitably going to, you know, have heartache in their life, but you just want to bring them as close to that, that thing for them as possible. Um, so I, I can, I can definitely feel what you're, what you're saying, you know, in real life for me. Yeah. Yeah. I relate to all of that very much. Awesome. Okay. John, talk to us about how there are practices both inside and out of religion that help kids nurture their sense of spirituality. And I love this. I can't wait to hear your thoughts, but we have, um, you know, a ton of listeners that happen to be of, of Christian faith. We have tons of other listeners that happen to be of no faith or Jewish faith or Muslim, or maybe um, families who have mixed marriage religions, right? Like I know I recently realized just that's that's, that's uh, families that I want to pour into and, and support. And I know your work does that beautifully. Um, but yeah, I feel like the, the families that have like a, a strong religious um, root, let's say, I feel like they might know some practices, but like even, even, 
even if you're a family of religion of religious faith that maybe has like fallen away from your church because you're not really like down with how they're doing things or you're trying to deconstruct your faith. I know there's a lot of listeners who are kind of like, wait a second, let me just take a step back and 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 like really look at like what I want to get in touch with and, and what is important to me. But I just think it's so cool that there's tons of practices with your religion, of course. And then there's also practices outside of your religion that you can do, but it all aids in a, in a child's sense and a family's sense of spirituality. So tell us your thoughts on that. Yeah. We found that one of the groups that resonates most with uplift kids is our mixed faith marriages, where mm-hmm. they don't have the same exact view on the specifics, specific beliefs, but they both share an interest in wanting some spiritual ground some, some ground to get their kids. And, um, so at Uplift, we, we take the view that, that, um, we, we honor the world's wisdom traditions, whatever they might be, Christianity, Buddhism, Stoicism, Hinduism, et cetera. And we say that there is value in these traditions. You know, you mentioned transcendental meditation that comes from the, a Buddhist lineage. And so we say, oh, there's value in that. And as you said, there's, Science has, has confirmed that there's value in that. And so if it is true, beautiful, or good, we honor it. We say, oh, this is great. You know, this, this yeah. is part of a tradition for a reason. And we should be able to feel comfortable integrating that in our lives because it can be beneficial. As far as specific practices go, um, mindfulness really is a central practice. And it look it can look many different ways. For very young kids, it likely won't look like still sitting, you know, trying, trying to really force a kid to sit still who is very young. It's likely not going to be the way to go about it. Mindfulness for a young kid is going to look like pointing out instruction, noting the world around them, noting their feelings. You know, you mentioned the beach, going to the beach and noting the feeling that it evokes. And like, sitting in stillness with that feeling. So they don't, they don't just run past it. You know, there's just a moment of noting, oh, wow, there's something really transcendent and powerful in the, about the ocean. Yeah. And just that, like having that land with a kid is setting them up for a mindfulness practice that might look like still sitting years down the road, you know, when they're in, a teenager or young adult, they might say, oh, now I want to actually sit with this. Um, Another is chanting or singing. So just um, whatever it might be, just the repetitive nature of of music, you know, building over and over again, really transform and soften the heart. Um, You mentioned prayer. That's another one. Um, Just connecting to um, the divine. And, um, another is that we talk about is journaling. So having some form of practice where they just kind of record, not just the things that are happening externally, uh, in their lives, but the things that are happening internally and noting as they go back years later, like, oh, I've grown. So in my home, you know, we will pull out our old journals, my wife and I will sit down and we'll read through our old journal entries and my kids, my kids can, you know, they make fun of uh, the state that I was in just kind of saying, Oh, dad, you thought that I can't believe you, I can't <laughs> believe that you were that kind of person. Right. Uh, but it's a way to connect <laughs> that have them see like, Oh, I have an inner, I have an inner 11 year old and they can say like, Oh, you know, I can connect with my, with my dad because he, he too, was an 11 year old at one point in line with that. Another one that is really important for our family is lineage. So reckon knowing that you're part of a family system, mm. knowing your grandparents' stories, your parents' stories, your great grandparents' stories, your great, great grandparents' stories. Many researchers have, have shown that kids who know their family's stories are more likely to have resilience in life. And so in our lineage lesson, we pull through 11 questions for teens. We say like, here are the 11 questions that these researchers asked. Do you know the stories? And anyone that they don't know, they can sit down in that lesson and talk through it together 
So they do know the stories by the end of the lesson. And they yeah. can say like, oh, I come from somewhere. And again, it's part of the giving them ground. So when they go out on their own, they have, they have the ground. Another angle to that is creative lineage. So we all come from some bloodline, right? And our kids should know those stories, but they should also know the stories of the people who inspire you the most. Mm. Who are the people in history or, or live that you want to be sure that your kids know this person has meant so much to me in my life. And you can really convey that to them. Tell the story of when you first encountered that person. One for me is like Ralph Waldo Emerson. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like really love his words. And so my kid's middle name is Emerson based on Ralph Waldo Emerson. And so being able to have that connection and say like, hey, this person really transformed my life with their words and I want to share their words with you. That that's another form of connection. Um, and so they get, they start to sense like, oh, okay, I have blood lineage. And I also have like creative lineage that is part of my own identity. Those are a handful of the practices that we suggest. There are many others that, that, um, that we explore. The biggest thing is, can you attune to the, the subtle feelings that the practice generates and nurture more and more of those as time goes on. Yeah. I love that. Well, and, and I love that how you guys lay it out is it's all just suggestions that the family gets to choose, right? Like you feel what's, what feels good to you. Um, but I, when talking about like one of the definitions you had when you, or the thought pattern, like the, you said, there's many definitions, but when it comes to spirituality, it's this idea of like, um, the opposite of separateness, right? So mm-hmm. like, it's like connectedness, right? And I love how um, a lot of times when you're looking at lineage or even other religions than your own, it's like a way to better understand and connect with your neighbors and people in your community, right? Because like, I feel like that's a really lost art these days. Like, I feel like if you live in New York City, if you live in Los Angeles or like big cities like London or stuff, I mean, there's a lot of diversity. There's a lot of that, but most of us that are living in non-diversified areas, it's, we're not like teaching our children about just what other people believe, right? Like you can be really firm in your own faith and your own religion. And um, I just think there's such value in helping your children understand like, Hey, this is what Judaism looks like. And this is one of the things that is beautiful about their traditions, you know, about um, just like, I think your, your guys is when you talk about, I think I saw this was you talk about how like, they're so community-based, right? Like Judaism, like there's, there, there are like their community practices are just amazing. And for a family like ours, um, we've been part of an organization before called, um, two faiths, one friendship, where yeah. we would host a few Muslim families for Christmas and teach them all about our traditions. And then they hosted us at their at their house for Ramadan and they would teach us all about their religions or their religion and their traditions. And it was just one of my favorite memories when the kids were little because introducing them and teaching them like, hey, this is this is what's beautiful about like Ramadan is, oh my gosh, like the the discipline and the the joy and the connection they have with one another and, and, um, their commitment, right. Like it's just beautiful. And it's just, it was, like I said, it was very special for our kids to get to know, um, families of different faiths. And again, it just comes back to the connectedness factor. Like, I think when we're talking about spirituality and in a world that, I mean, it's a hurting world, right? Like if we can be more connected with our neighbors and our colleagues and our, kids at school that may be different than you, but we're not so different. Like we may believe something at the core of our religion might be a little bit different, but we're not so different. Actually, we're, we have a lot in common and we are all interconnected. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. 
kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier, okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Yeah. And the, what Wendy uh, mentioned too, like through that experience, I think there was also like, um, everybody just kind of like let their guard down. Cause normally, you know, you know, that type of situation, like would kind of get people all tense or think that there's going to be some debate or like some like, oh, somebody's going to try to talk me into thinking their way (laughs) or like this is going to like rub off on my kids or something. Um, It was actually quite the opposite. Like, you know, we just like learned more about, you know, one another. Um, There was just like so much like respect and love. And at the end of the day, like we walked away, like feeling like more connected and like, you know, the the people that, that we look up to, like, as a family unit are very, you know, bold in what they believe in, but they're, they're bridge builders and they're connectors and, um, you know, people that can walk down any street in the world, be in any group. It doesn't have to be just their, like, you know, who they're comfortable with and still like like their Christian community. Right. And still like, you can, you can be, very strong in in your own beliefs, but like not scared of others. And respectful. Yeah. 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 One metaphor that I like from it for this idea is a compass, the kind of compass that you use to draw a circle with. And uh, the metaphor is that you can have one, one foot firmly planted and also explore beyond. So you, you have a you have a, a a space and a community and a set of beliefs and you don't have to move from those and you can also be willing to go and have these experiences that you're talking about and every time that I've had a similar experience to what you've described you know whether it's like the Hare Krishna temple that's nearby or um a Quaker meeting you know anything like that I always walk away feeling uh this deeper sense of connection that we're talking about like oh I'm I'm part of a human family at our core. We're, we're trying to do our best, you know, to figure out a challenging world and a challenging life. And it's just enlivening to have these experiences. Yes. Oh, Harry Krishna so food is really good too. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to tangent too hard, but like growing up, like um, I was super into like uh, hardcore music on the East Coast and there was like a sect of it. The bunch of people just decided to become Harry Krishna's. And so I would go to like these full blown like punk shows, like at a Harry Krishna temple and like all these Krishna's would like literally like feed us all lunch. 
have this amazing thing. And then like a few minutes later, people would be like jumping off of speaker stacks and flying <laughs> around like in everything. And I just was like, so welcoming. I didn't become That's a Harry Krishna, but boy, I felt like welcome and I felt like connected. And so I always had this, like, yeah. I don't know, this like point of like, when I saw that or encountered that later in life, it wasn't like, Ooh, what's that? That's weird. It was like, Oh no, those are just people. Like you said, like they're, they're going through their thing and they, this is kind of what they believe in and they make killer food and they invite us into their place and, <laughs> yeah. and, and let us do our thing. So, yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. That's such a good example. Yes. Oh my goodness. All right. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's shift into talking about how by making spirituality a focus at home, parents help their kids develop better well-being and develop better well-being themselves. It is a shared exploration that you realize as as a parent. We even hesitate to call what we're doing lessons we can't think of a better word, but we know that's not quite the right word because as a parent, you're not, you're not there to sit them down and like feed them information. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a shared exploration where, you know, psychologists have studied uh, child development theories and they know that at certain milestones, you should be seeing these kind these things happening in a child, but there's also a, an area of study uh, called hu- human development or adult development theory, which is to say that you, that process of developing doesn't suddenly cap at age 18 or 21. You continue to develop as an adult and you continue yeah. to develop as, an, as a parent. And so you, you likely are a different person than you were five or 10 years ago. And you probably should be a different person than you were five or 10 years ago and have a different worldview. And so you're, you're developing and your kids are developing and it's a shared exploration. And so a better word perhaps than lesson is conversation. You're having a conversation together and a conversation should be, should have reciprocity where you might say your beliefs and then you might listen to your kids beliefs and maybe beliefs isn't quite the right word either, but like you might have your worldview and then listen empathetically to your kid's worldview. Yeah. And it's, and they will hopefully shift your worldview and you will shift theirs. Right. So it's a shared exploration and that attitude of openness is really at the heart of spiritual development, whatever Mm -hmm. age it is. So if you can keep the attitude of openness rather than okay, I'm the parent, here's the, here's the set of things I need to ram into your head, right? If you can keep away from that and just keep this attitude of openness and realize like, you know what, in this conversation, I might change, even though it's my kid talking to me, then you're at a place where spirituality can really develop. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It's like not being scared of hearing a different view, but holding space for someone and just developing that practice of, um, of all the things like this, this month, your guys' lesson, or I don't know if it's for next month and we just got like a preview, but, um, it's about like anxiety, like lowering anxieties, right? Like, what do you do? Um, when you, when you have that pop up in life, um, and, I guess, I suppose certain people would have different opinions about what you can do, but have being able to listen to all the different things that you could do to help yourself. What is a sneak peek of that, of that lesson? I didn't get a chance to look at it, John, but what is, what's, what's kind of inside that one or what are some little things in that one? Sure. Uh, our anxiety lesson explores how rather than try to shield your kids away from anything that could cause them anxiety, mm. you want to help them through the anxiety. Nice. So it's not about eliminating, eliminating all the fears, all the possible things that could go wrong because something is going to go wrong. Rather, you want to have them understand that when, when it goes wrong, can you be mindful of what's happening in your body? And can you sit with those feelings? And can you recognize the wisdom of worry. Mm-hmm. Not that you yeah. want to ever be paralyzed by worry or stuck in worry, but can you say, oh, my worry is trying to help me be prepared 
my worry is trying to help me be safe and kind of honor the gift that that brings without letting it dominate the whole self. Because it's when it dominates the whole self that a kid or adult is paralyzed and it becomes crippling. But when you can say, okay, I see, I see you worry. I see you anxiety. And I note what you're, what you're gifting to me. And you have a place at the table, but it's another place. It's not, you don't get a ticket. So it's, it's that process that you're working through together as a family saying like, okay, there's a gift here and we can sit with hard things and we can work through the hard things in this way. Oh, I love this, it. So this good. sounds like just like the conversation I had about a year ago with my therapist. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> grown, yeah. yeah grown up uh, version of this, but he, he was like, you know, same type of thing. It's like, you're not, you can't like avoid the storm. He likened it all to like um, being a captain of a boat and like you're out in the storm. He's just like, you know, it's going to be there. And yeah, there's going to be another side of it. But he just was like, you bought a boat, grab a hold of the wheel. Like you've got this. And yeah, if there's signals coming your way, then you just got to be the captain and kind of read it, read them as they come. But um, so I, I, just a, an, an analogy he used with me, but I, I liked your um, your version um, too when it comes to really it's better preparation f- for your kids to um, to see it, kind of read it, so to speak, or process it versus just like you said, like try to like take away all the external like potential causes. It's like it's just not a realistic thing at all. And you're not preparing them in the end. Yeah. And to prepare in a calm time about that, right? Like a lot of parents are reactive to it, right? So you're like, oh no, my kid's super anxious. Like we had a few years where Taryn went through separation anxiety and oh my goodness, I can only imagine if we would have had like conversations beforehand about what anxiety is, what worry is, all these things before, like he, he got separation anxiety between the ages of like four and six. So he might've been a little young, but say, I can only imagine if you were doing these practices and like you were having family conversations over ice cream or your family meeting each week with the lessons that you guys provide and your kids are like, oh, we're aware. And then they have a flare up when they're eight, nine years old. And they're like, oh, I know what this is. Yeah. Like it's nothing to panic about. My parents aren't going to panic. I'm going to panic. Of course, we're going to work through it together. A lot of times with my clients, if there's anxiety in the kids, there's often anxiety in the parents, right? So it's like yeah. they're they're working together through it. And and I love that that idea. Like the goal is not to avoid the triggers, but to not be not to react to the triggers in a way that um disturbs like the value of your life that, you know, whatever. So that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. And just being able to, to listen to others that have different views and, and again, not be scared of it. I think it's just such an important thing in today's society that we need mm-hmm. more of hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, John, this has been amazing. Thank you for spending this time with us. Tell listeners where they can find you, where they can learn more about uplift and, um, I don't know if you're going to keep having that two week free trial, but that sure yeah. is nice to be able to to hop in there and check out what you guys are doing. I've really enjoyed it. So tell tell listeners Great. where they can find you. Great. It's upliftkids.org. And yeah, you can, if you come to the site, you can enter your email for a free lesson and we'll send you weekly insights as well. Um, and then in addition, we have that two week free trial and we encourage people like if, if, you do the two weeks and it doesn't work for you. That's totally fine. Like, but you can try it out two weeks um, and just see what all the lessons are about and decide if it's right for you. I love it. One more question. I just thought of, um, I'm pretty sure I saw this in there, but you give ideas for kids of all ages, right? So like little toddlers, adolescents, teens, like you're giving different ideas on how you encourage a conversation about each age group, right? We do. So we have each lesson has a section for teens, a section for kids and a section for littles. Now we find that three and younger is pretty difficult to have some of these conversations with. But for instance, like in our anxiety lesson, our, our page, we have a printout page for every, every lesson has a printout page for littles. Our printout page for littles is like, these are the things I can do when I feel worried. And then a color, you yeah. know, a color page. 
And so that's how mm, we that's cool that for that age. Now, again, like a two-year-old, it's going to be pretty hard to even understand that. Um, but you could start. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Four to seven. And I'm just going to read just a few of these so everyone can hear John as, as we sign off. But under your foundations, you have lessons about your inner compass, lineage, telling family stories, strengths, finding your individual purpose, um, growing up family time, kindness, gratitude, compassion, humility, forgiveness, mindfulness, grit, honesty, self-compassion. These are all different lessons in the library. Curiosity, fairness, courage, play, practice, respect, giving, emotions, anxiety, depression, anger, grief, shame, friendships. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on, but what a beautiful collection um, you guys have built. It's just it's just awesome. So listeners, make sure you go um, check out Uplift, go give them some love and um, just thanks for everything you're doing in the world, John. Yeah, thank you. So nice to talk to you. For links and more info about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 130. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kid's worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode.